Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At six minutes past eight, we'll kick off with the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. And this was the highlight at Tamworth on Sunday. Pakasawa three wide. Casino Lord is out four deep. Ezekiel just in front. Claimed by Running Bear. Akasawa, Casino Lord, but Akasawa races to the front. Akasawa is the Hunter Northwest champion. Akasawa wins from either Running Bear or Casino Lord. Behind those next was Boot Scooter. That was going trainer Paul Massara's third victory in a country championship, Pete. He went close at the fir- in the first country championship with Tara Gow, who finished second on that occasion, but Akasawa has got plenty of ability. That was win six from uh, Akasawa's ninth start. And Paul Massara joins us now on the line from Scone. Good morning to you, Paul. Congratulations, first of all. Oh, thanks very much, Gareth. Yeah, cheers. Um, Yeah, nice to be here. Um, Akasawa, geez, he's got a lot of potential. Nine starts, six wins. He's a five-year-old by real impact. So why has he only had the nine starts as a five-year-old? Oh, it's a, it's a long story. It's a, hard, it's a bit of a heartbreaking one. I actually he's, I had him set up to try and run him in the derby as a three-year-old, and uh, he was running in the lead-up the week early, and the plan was to back him up in the derby, and uh, he, he just slipped on the walker and kind of landed on his bum just in the, on the week of, and um, uh, so that would have been kind of 10 days before the derby, I think it was, and, uh, and he tore the little muscle or the, where the hamstring inserts on the back of the pelvis it, he, uh, he tore a little bit off there, and we had to give it, kind of basically give him nine months off. So he had nine months off there. Um, he came back in and uh, resumed a year later at uh, Newcastle. Um, he was devastated that day, blew them away over 1,350, just trying to get him warmed up again and get him going because he'd won. He should have been arguably undefeated in his first prep. He got knocked over at the 200 one day and he should have won. He got beaten a short half head. And uh, came back, bolted in, and pulled up sore the next day and had a small stress fracture in a pelvis. So that got him another year off, basically. And that takes us to this preparation. So uh, he's been fine since. And uh, obviously, time has, you know, has been the best thing for him. And uh, he's had a, you know, started off his preparation well. And then we gave him a little let up and then prepared him for the, uh, the race on Sunday. So how good is he, Paul, then? With all of those injuries oh. and the ability that you thought he had at the start, um, how good is he? Well, he's a good horse. Um, to be honest with you, I, I've always thought he'd be at his best over, you know, a mile and beyond. Um, so we're just, it's a matter of keeping him fresh yeah. and nice and bouncy for these races, which he can obviously perform well in. Um, first up after, you know, another year off it was at Canterbury, he broke the track record. Uh, over 12.50, so we know that he's got the speed to obviously do it. Um, it's just training him for the particular event, you know what I mean? Not not putting yeah. too many miles between him and just doing the sharper work within the fast-twitch muscle fibre stuff to um, to keep them nice and active and, and ready to roll. So he sounds like he's a challenge for yourself because, as you just pointed out, if you probably didn't have a, a half-a-million-dollar country championship, which is basically in your, your backyard before you have to go to Sydney, that you would have got him out to more of a trip already. Yeah, naturally he wants to he wants to head out and uh, get get over a bit further. But um, 
uh, listen, the good thing about the horse is he's, he's such a genuine horse, you know, as you can tell by his record. Like, he sticks his head out, he's a, he's a trainer's dream because yeah. you kind of go to the racetrack and you always know he's going to give 100% and uh, they're the best horses. So he never really puts in a bad one, he hasn't. And as long as you send him there in good order and he, he, he does the rest. So I don't think it'll be a massive challenge. I yeah. just think it's a matter of not overdoing it. You know, we've got time up our sleeve now. Probably the, the five weeks between runs suits us. Um, in terms of what we're going to do with him, we'll give him an easy week this week. He'll probably just have a week off and go on the aquasizer and out the paddock and then, you know, we'll try and counter for a week and then we'll start to, to build up into it again. I know that your old man played a major part in the, the country championship. Um, what was it like there at Tamworth? We had a chat to Cody Morgan and he was saying it was clearly the biggest day of the year for his stable with all of his owners getting to Tamworth. And I think he had four or so runners in that heat of the country championship. Has it exceeded your expectations, mate, uh, on how big this has actually become for the country yeah, people? I think it, uh, it's one of those initiatives that's, that, that really took off yeah. and, uh, has been kind of uh, well and truly um, uh, taken in and, and, and absorbed by all the country folk. Uh, they love the opportunity to go to Sydney and race in a big race and have the top jockeys ride their horses and you know rub shoulders with all the other uh, the equine and you know and and, uh, and human stars down there in Sydney. It's a, it's a bit of a thing. So I think the whole concept's been really successful. Uh, I think uh, for. Tamworth itself, it was a, a great day. The club did a good job, presented the track really well. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of tick, tick, tick. There was no no negatives at all on the day. I see you often at the sales when we're there, um, Paul, and I often think because when I was starting off in the game, you were training winners in town for fun. You had that superstar mayor or tents here that went to Perth and, and won a winter bottom. Um, but I also knew that you, you had Arrowfield and your father there that, was running the, the biggest farm in the country. Um, so you divide your time between, say, training a few horses and, and also um, looking after the farm. Is that is that your situation at the moment? Yeah, that's basically. I mean, um, largely the horses that I trained are the horses that we don't sell at yeah. the sales. So Akasawa was, I think, passed into the June sale. Um, so um, a horse like him, we weren't able to sell him at a sale and uh, so he ended up coming home and then kind of going through the system. So I don't really publicly train. I don't take on outside horses. We just train our own and uh, and that's fundamentally the horses that we can't sell. So I don't really get the opportunity to pick and choose, just whatever comes through. And uh, a lot of the time those horses have had little issues or things. There's a reason why they haven't been sold or couldn't get to a sale or bits and pieces. So um, it, it's, it's a good learning curve because you've got to work around uh, find workarounds for most of the horses, but uh, most of the time we do that. And, um, you know, if you're patient with them, time heals most things. So uh, that's the situation there. And that's kind of my morning from kind of 5.30 till 9.30, 10 o'clock. And then the rest of the time I spend on the farm yeah. at Arrowfield. And if there's any other problems, I'll come back over to the stable and check them out. But uh, fundamentally, most of my day, the main part of my day, has been at Arrowfield morning to track work and going through all the horses and then, uh, yeah, it's a it's a busy week. That must be difficult in a way, I would imagine. And you can, well, it would be difficult for me. So you're at the farm, you work with all these beautifully bred um, yearlings that are getting prepared for, for sale. And then there's one that looks you in the eye and says, mate, you've got to train me. You, you can't let me go. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, well, in the old days, exactly. I'd go and try and find some owners and... <laughs> 
put together some people and buy one of those horses. But <laughs> I just don't have the time probably to, to service the ownership as the owners as yeah. well as as need need be um, as a public trainer. So um, uh, you know, there's a lot of communication, a lot of time involved in all those things, and I don't have that time. So it's it's more, and a lot of the horses that I have are horses that take a lot of time. And, you know, a lot of big operations, they just, these types of horses, A, they're not really interested in and, and, and B, you know, they need horses that are up and running and they want, you know, horses in boxes that are, you know, that are going to be racing. And a lot of my horses that I've got here, you know, they might, they might be two years before they see a racetrack, you know what I mean? So they're slightly, they're slightly uh, it's a slightly different situation. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, they're often they're well-bred because um, a lot of them are by good stallions and uh, as such you know certainly a few of them poke their noses through so um, we just hope to get a good one every now and then and I do listen I will confess <laughs> I did pick one this year okay um, and we normally uh, and I have waited a long time but it's uh, a daughter of Miss Finland who I was in love with as a weanling right through and it's her eighth foal so seven ahead seven went ahead before I was able to put my nose in the trough and uh and uh, I said, listen, that one, I, I, I think that's... I had a chat to to the owners who are all long-term friends and clients of the farm and yeah. said, listen, I'd really like to train this one. And so I've got a done deal filled out of Miss Finland this year and she'd be the only one that, uh, that for a long time I've kind of, yeah, moved to the side. Well, done deal. Like, done deal's nearly becoming my favourite bull at the moment. There's a few out there. I'm falling in love with the Stern, but there's, there's something... Sp- um, special about the done deals. Um, how have you? Obviously, you're a big fan of them, Paul. But um, do you have a favourite stallion? Um, I guess in the old days it was reduced choice, yeah. but uh, that's just from my history with the horse and being around him for a long time, and just just the nature of the horse. But um, done deals fast becoming, you know, a very very good stallion, and uh, I think you're about to see the best of him over the next uh, year or two as. Um, you know, his, the quality of his books and the numbers that he got have improved. And as as such, a lot of his progeny are, you know, they're, they're winning everywhere. I mean, like in the last couple of weeks, he's had umpteen winners, stakes winners. Um, it's just been going on and on. So, and I think there's going to be more and more of them, particularly as the classic races come up, the guineas and the, the derbies and those types of races, they seem to really come to the fore. So, um, you know, he was a champion and he was a, you know, a derby winner and uh, amongst, you know, all the other races that he won. Yeah. So they've got that scope to get over a bit of a trip, which is, you know, I think really important. Bit of depth and uh, what you want when you're training racehorses. You know, you just don't want these five furlong horses that fall over. You know, when they get to six furlongs, you, you want horses with a bit of depth that can run your mile on 2,000 metres and take on, you know, the good races, the better races. What What's the team um, saying about... Remark, obviously, in the famous Arrowfield Colours, and since he's been cal- uh, gelded, he's just been a different horse. Um, how do you, how far do you think he can go, Paul? Oh, I actually think he's definitely, uh, and obviously, I mean, uh, the Hawks team has told us for a long time how good he is. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of trying to draw that out of him. But obviously, what they show, what he shows them in track work in the morning must be quite outstanding because um, they've been seeing his praises for a long time. So. Um, and then it just couldn't quite squeeze it out of him. They couldn't quite get it out. But, um, so yeah, since he's been gelded, um, the horse has done extremely well. And the feeling is that he can definitely get to, to the top grade. And uh, I thought he showed that first up in that race. I thought it was an outstanding run. Sectionals, times, weights, everything, you know, all the metrics say that he's going to be a, a, you know, I think a group one horse, or certainly one in the making anyway. So, 
Um, I think he's on that trajectory, and uh, if he can continue, I think he'll get there. So um, he's in for a, a very good autumn, and uh, they're very happy with him. That's all I can tell you. How, diff- how difficult is it when you've got a horse bred like him by Snitzel out of response and um, Johnny Hawks rings rings you up and says, mate, we need to geld this horse? I think my father preferred to geld me. Yeah. I think that was... You know, <laughs> If it was out of me and remark, I would have gone first, mate. Um, a very, very difficult decision to make, um, particularly with his pedigree. You know, he's a half-sister or full-sister, I should say, to a Golden Slipper winner. He's just, you know, he was one of those, you know, it's just a stallion in the making. It was just a matter of getting him to do it on the track. But at the end of the day, as I say to everyone and as, you know, as a trainer, you know, if... If they're not going to win the big races, they're not going to be standings anyway. So you end up with nothing. You either gild them and end up with a good racehorse, or you don't gild them and you end up with nothing. You know, so a lot of the time, the decision's made for you, and I think uh, it just has to happen. So um, there's not much you can really do, but it's a very difficult decision at the time. You know, a lot, lot, a lot of thought goes into it, but at the end of the day, you know, if the trainers really feel that uh, the horse needs to be gilded, otherwise you're not going to see his best. I think you don't have much of an option but to but to do it. Mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, Akasawa, can't wait to see what he can do on that 1st of uh, April there in the country championship final. And hopefully he can deliver you with your, your first country championship. But um, uh, you've done a great job with him, with the story that you just told us, what he's been through. And um, we look forward, we'll catch you probably at the premier sales, which is just around the corner, mate. Yeah, we'll be down there this weekend and uh, look forward to seeing you there. All right, mate. Thanks for that, Paul. Well done. All the very best. Thank you. Great to catch up with Paul Massara there. Now, we'll take a quick break. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. On the other side of it, we'll catch up with one of my favourites in any code. He's a superstar driver and trainer. His name is Nathan Turnbull and, he, and boy, he can tip us a winner as well. So, Nathan Turnbull to join us next because he's in for a big night on Saturday night when, he'll be, when he'll be chasing... He's first New South Wales derby with his star three-year-old, Better Be The Best. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. It's a big night of harness racing on Saturday night. It is Miracle Mile night. And also one of the features there is the New South Wales derby, Better Be The Best. Um, Will be hard to beat. He didn't have any luck whatsoever in his heat there. On Saturday night, um, he should have won. He just had no luck. And he'll be mighty hard to beat, I reckon, come Saturday night. And his trainer driver, the red hot Nathan Turnbull, joins us on the line. Nathan, good morning. Hey, brother. How you going? I am well, mate. Jeez, he was a good thing licked there the other night. Um, He should have got the front. Who was driving the leader? Uh, One of you Melbourne fellas to us. David Moran. Oh, D Moran. He, he like he, he was gone, wasn't he, at the top of the stretch? Well, well, D Moran usually doesn't hand up, but um, your horse went really well, mate. Yeah, no, couldn't have been happier with him. It's uh, very nerve wracking going into the heats because it's a high pressure to get into the big one. So, yeah, it, nothing went our way, but we we're lucky enough to sneak him through and. Um, Although we burn early, he had a rel- relatively easy run on the way to the line. I didn't even pull his earplugs out or anything. And it was just a matter of getting through and getting into the final. What were you thinking at the top of the stretch, however? I, I just had to get out of there pretty much. And yeah. just like I had a lap full of horse and nowhere to go. And um, 
we were lucky enough, uh, you know, a split come up the inside and took a full advantage of it and uh, got through and made it through. So it was great. Every horse or every trainer or young trainer making his way in the game needs a horse like a better be the best. And he's been a star since he arrived at your property as a two-year-old and he's trained on now as a three-year-old. What makes him so special, mate? Uh, he's just dead said always had that X factor from the first day he went in the gig. Um, and he's um, tough, but he's got a lot of high speed as well. He's broke 26 a couple of times at Menangle on the way home. So... He's sort of the complete package. Um, yeah, he's just a pleasure to do anything with. Um, he's still a cult, so he's a, he's a bit wild around the stables, but I wouldn't have him any other way. And he's, he's size Shuby's place. Tell us about Shuby. Yeah, the, he sort of turned up, and all his horses look amazing at the Eland sales and that. And uh, Amanda probably got everyone interested in him with a horse she had called Shuby Doo. He yeah. he done a super job and then was sold to the States and still doing a great job. So when this fella came along, I wasn't, he's probably, you know, doesn't have the reputation of the big size like Better Delight and that, but I wasn't afraid to take a gamble on this fella because I've seen sort of what Manda done with hers. Yeah, and um, well, his record speaks for itself. The staying trip, do you think that will suit him? He's been dominant over the shorter trips and he didn't have the best of luck in his heat, but... Um, you said that he's got that great combination of being tough and also with that high speed. So what's the best way to drive him in a race like this? Yeah, that's the, probably another thing where I'm lucky because there's so many options for me now because he does, he is pretty tough and, and he's quick as hell as well. So I've got a few options there. So we're just going to have to weigh it up how the race unfolds sort of Saturday night. But, like I said, he's not one-dimensional, so I've, I've got a few things I can try. And you've been patient with him as well? You never took him to Victoria for the derbies or anything like that, or you never took him to Victoria for um, its carnival? Of course, the Victoria derby is a little later on in the year, but um, is he a horse that you think that you might be able to take to Queensland or Victoria later on in the year? Yeah, we've definitely looked after him. He, he's got the Bathurst carnival after this derby. And then um, I'll probably look to give him a good long spell then because he didn't really get as long over Christmas as I would have liked off. So, And then towards the end of the year, he's got the Breeders' Challenge again, which he won last year. And um, sort of Victoria Derby, as you mentioned, if he's you know, still flying. So there's still plenty of options there. And the last thing we want to do is over race him and go in everything. So at this stage, you'll go through the Bathurst Carnival and have a good long let up and... Um, head towards, you know, some nice races at the end of the season. Now, geez, I'm loving um, looking at the New South Wales Premiership and I'm I'm the number one fan in the N Turnbull um, fan club, but I have a look at the State Drivers Premiership and people talk about C Hart and Jack Kelligan and Will Rickson and Robbie Morris and I and Amanda Turnbull and the great Luke McCarthy and I say, please there's only one king these days. It's N Turnbull. He's got 31 victories, so he's clear by about three victories over Cameron Hart. Then I look at the state trainers, and this is usually where we see the great and your old man Stephen Turnbull right at the top. But now Nathan Turnbull's leading by. Um, he's got a buffer of about 12 at the moment over Kerry and Morris. Um, so you're dead set flying at the moment, mate. Unstoppable. Yeah, we're having. We're having a great run, that's for sure. Um, plenty of new clients. And um, like you said, a horse like that would be the best sort of put your name up against the big boys and people see you sort of can do it. So 
we're having a great run and plenty of new owners and um, some nice horses here going through their grades. So, yeah, it's been an amazing ride so far. So what's the old man telling you? Like, I had a chat to Steve a couple of months ago, I think it was, and he said, um, I don't know, I might have to go and work for him now. <laughs> yeah, that's what he keeps saying. Can I come and work for you anytime he's having a bad day? And that because... Um, no, a young fella left school this year and he's helping me out. And, um, yeah, it, he's helping take the team to a new level, working them all together and things like that. And we're able to take on a few more horses. So everything's just working out great. And he'll get his license through the middle of the year. So I've got to make the most of it while I can because he'll be taking on my jobs by July, yeah. I'd say. And your little fella's Jet, is it? Is that? Yep, yep. yep. He's um, done all his child drives now. So now he's just got to wait till he turns 16. And, um, yeah, they, um, he's getting a bit of a reputation already. I know Clayton loves him, so I'll have to try and lock him up and keep him here. He might want to go down there or no. down to Luke's or something. So, yeah, it would be interesting. So he's, his loyalty will be tested because he's got his legendary grandfather, um, Stevie Turnbull. He's got his legendary auntie, Amanda, who just works across the, the road. So he won't be – I think he'll get a few opportunities, the kid. Yeah, no, he's um, yeah, definitely got the world at his feet, so got to keep him grounded. And um, No, but he's a good kid, and uh, I can't wait till he gets out there. Yep, and um, what about that horse that he purchased the other day? How's it going? Yeah, it won, a, it won his money back in the first week, and now it's um, it hasn't done much lately, but it, it seems to be my fault. I'm not driving him properly, if you yeah. ask him. Now, um, have you got a winner coming up for us? Geez, we've got a good judge at Bathurst. I don't know who his name is, but he's been helping us out big time. But I thought, well, we've got you on the line, so we'll see what you can do for us tomorrow. Yeah, um, of my horses, there's one, um, Twine Tommy. He was in last week and was behind the leader in the leader gallop right at a crucial time, and we just sort of took our momentum away. He only ran fourth, but he's drawn one tomorrow night, and... Hopefully he's a bit sharper second up from a spell too, so he'll be a good shot and hopefully he's each way odds for the listeners. All right, beautiful. Flying Tommy race three, number one. We will jump uh, jump aboard the end Turnbull train. Don't worry about that. Thanks for that, mate. Well done and good luck in the derby. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. He's a star, Nathan Turnbull, 8.32. Let's take the news. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour on Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning and... Um, our next guest is an absolute superstar. He's got some story to tell. But he had a day out in country South Australia there on a Sunday afternoon, Garrett Lynch, with the double. Epaulette Prince was too strong in uh, the Lock Cup. That was race number five. And he also had uh, Jam Crow that was successful in the benchmark 52. And Garrett joins us on the line. Good morning, Garrett. Thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. What was it like um, winning a Lock Cup? And can you just explain to our listeners right across the country where Lock is? Uh, Lock's sort of, um, uh, it took us about nine hours from Murray Bridge. It's over towards uh, Sejuna Way. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what was it like? Did they have a good day there? Yeah, yeah. There was a, a decent enough crowd. And, yeah, the, the racing was pretty good. Yep. And Epaulette Prince was too strong in the Cup. Yeah, yeah, he, um, he did a tough. He had to fight to get to the lead early and then, um, yeah, held him off late. So, no, it was a good result. Yeah, and he's had – he's a son of Epelet. He's a seven-year-old, and um, that was his 48th start there 
on Sunday afternoon. Is that his go, trying to find these country cups around South Australia? Yeah, yeah. We, um, we've just been progressing through the grades. I got him as a, I think as a 42 Raider. So we had to get a, get a couple of results to get him um, high enough Raiders to get into sort of the races we wanted to get into. But, um, yeah, no, he's been going really well. I think he's had 11 starts for us now for four wins and three minor placings. So how long have you been trading now for, Garrett? Uh, 11 years. Yep. And you started off, um, you're you're in the Rodeo game. You're riding bulls, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've done rod- rodeos for well, pretty much since I was eight till, um, till about 22. And then I had a few injuries I needed to take care of. And, um, yeah, had a few operations and... While I was doing that, I sort of slowed down and, and got into the racing game. My brothers were jockeys, so, or yeah. are jockeys. So, yeah, sort of just followed suit there. I was a bit big, so, yeah, training them was my go. Yeah. Do you miss riding the bulls? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a little bit of a comeback a couple of years ago. Um, won a state title and, and that sort of thing again. But, um, yeah, had another injury, which... Uh, was life-threatening, so yeah, I slowed right down and really concentrated on the race horses. I went from sort of four horses in work up to up to thirty now. So the last couple couple of years, I've been really focusing on the race horse training. So what kind of injuries have you did? Um, what kind of injuries did you um, get there from riding the bulls? And what was the last injury that you got? I've I've broken most bones. I've um, both ankles and leg and hip and back and uh, shoulder reconstruction, all that early days. Um, the last one, uh, I broke six ribs and uh, all my ribs sort of stabbed into my organs and I lacerated my liver three quarters of the way through and um, punctured lung and a few other things. But yeah, the main thing was I uh, blood loss. So I lost um, nearly two litres of blood on the way to the the first hospital, sort of, um, that was the main thing. Did you realise at the time how serious it was? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, when I was on the operating table, after they did all the um, tests and x-rays and all the rest of it, I, I was sort of out of it a bit. But I remember asking them if I was going to die, and they, <laughs> they said, uh, it's not looking good, but we hope not. <laughs> I, thought, I thought then it wasn't, it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, and... Um... Geez, that would have been scary, mate. We laugh about it now, but um, it would have been really scary. Yeah, yeah, I was sort of out of the bit. My yeah. um, partner, she was, she was pretty worried when they um, didn't say I was definitely gonna get through it. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't too good. But it was so, all right when I woke up. I woke up four days later, so it was yeah. all everything was passed by then. So everyone was in a better mood when I woke up. So. What like riding the bulls? It must be an addiction in a way to do what you do after all of those injuries, and it's obviously life threatening when you when you get get aboard um, um, a bull there at a rodeo. But um, what 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 is it like? A, is it the adrenaline that 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 it gives you when you ride those bulls? What is it? What makes it so addictive? Yeah, no, it's just a good feeling when you yeah. when you ride. Um, ride a bull or a, or a bronc or whatever and um yeah it's you know sometimes it's not not ideal you know you might um ride a bit ordinary and you don't feel so good but when you ride one properly there's no better feeling so that's what you're chasing
Did you ever think about going over to the States to do it? Yeah, so when I sort of was having a little comeback a couple of years ago, that's where I was aiming for. I was sort of, um, yeah, riding around. I was, I was traveling around the country, riding riding again. So I was getting back in the swing of things. And, um, yeah, I was planning on going to Canada and possibly to the top of um, America for a little stint just to experience everything and um, how they do it. And, but yeah, it didn't work out for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm addicted to Yellowstone, so... Um, I'm always fascinated by this. So how do they actually choose the bulls? Like, how does a bull get chosen that can buck? Yeah, well, these days they've got breeding programs, much okay. like racehorses. They, yep. um, yeah, they they breed the better ones out of the out of the cows that are bred by good bulls as well. So, um, and same with the horses. So, yeah, it's all um, breeding programs these days. So how much does a good bull cost? Um... Over here, it's not not so much as America, but here you can spend up to eight, ten thousand for okay. a, a decent one. Um, over in America, you're looking at sort of hundreds of thousands. Yeah, and like, what would be the? How much money would the best bull rider make over there in Canada and and, and America? Oh, they can yeah make up to a million dollars a year, um, especially in the PBR and that sort of thing. So, no, it's a lot different over here. Um, yeah, over here, sort of. My best season was about 14,000, so it's yeah. a big drop. <laughs> <laughs> so back to back to training the horses, did you learn anything from your days working with the animals at the Rodeo compared to the, the horses that you work with now? Um, does that help you become a better trainer, do you think? Uh, just little little things like um, at, the, at the rodeos you're dealing with sort of um, unbroken horses, so... Uh, you got to be a bit sort of. You got to know when they're gonna go off or do something in the shoots or whatever. So you got to sort of read the read the horse before you get on them, or you know sometimes they go up in the shoots or want to go down or you know um, play around a little bit. So you just got to be aware and and sort of know what they're gonna do before they're gonna do it. Do you get like uh, you're based at Murray Bridge there, and there's a big horse community there? Do you get a lot of the other trainers say, "We've got this mad horse out the back. We need your help, Garrett, to sort it out for us." Yeah, yeah, occasionally, <laughs> um, not so much um, the last couple of years, but yeah, um, before that, yeah, I was I was the go-to sort of person for all the all the ones that get rid of the the track riders and the jockeys yeah. and the ones that you sort of play up in the barriers and all that sort of thing. So, um, so what do you think's been the the key to your success over the last couple of years? Because you really have hit the scene. I think you're getting a lot of publicity now, just out outside of South Australia. People look at the form guide and see G Lynch next to a horse, and they can back it with confidence because of your strike rate. And um, usually, you've been finding or training winners at a price as well. So, what's been the key to your success over the last couple of years? Um, just more numbers. So before this, before the last couple of years, I was only training two to four horses and, and you just fly under the radar. Like, um, yeah, we just sort of just poke around and, uh, yeah, but now so I didn't really want owners either before all this. Um, but now I've got owners and that sort of thing that send me more horses. So I just, um, yeah, just try and place them right and, um, and go to where they can win. Um, but yeah, like we're not dealing with any, any real champions or anything? The, the, I've got sort of thirty horses. The average purchase price is fifteen hundred, so we're dealing with sort of the real, 
real second-rate horses that had come from two or three other trainers beforehand, and we just sort of try and rejuvenate them. Do you try, are you trying, like, go to the Adelaide sales and, and find that next champion? So I think you've done an apprenticeship now that um, your owner surely will be um, um, buying some horses at the, the yearling sales. Is that what you're trying to achieve over the next few years, mate? Yeah, yeah. Once I get um, uh, more owners and different owners, sort of the owners I've got are sort of on the same wavelength as me, get the real cheapies that are just been sort of batting along and try and get them back to their best form and, and, and bring them to South Australia. Obviously, it's a little bit weaker, so that's just the the method at the, at the moment. I'd, I'd like to get a better brand of horse, but, um, yeah, with the owners I have at the moment, they don't, they don't um, like to outlay too much. They like to make a profit, so they they only buy them for a thousand or you know two thousand at the most, and we usually get their purchase price back in the first run or so. Do you enjoy that trying to work out a horse to say, well, why you've been going? Why haven't you been going at your best? And I'll see if I can get you to to return to some of your your, your best form. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's challenging, and uh, yeah, we sort of. We like to think that um, we can we can work them out fairly quickly. Um, whether they've got some issues or quirks, we usually do um, better with the with the horses that aren't really nice. Um, they come from you know bigger stables, and you know they're the ones that are always going to get left out or left behind a little bit because no one really wants to deal with them. So yeah, they're the they're the sort of horses that we usually um, succeed with. Um, uh, we had a horse called Jarmint that. Was one of them horses. She was an expensive one though. She cost two thousand two hundred fifty. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, she she was really quirky, and uh, we worked her out, and she ended up winning um, about two hundred thirty thousand for us in about eighteen months. So she was okay. a good one. We've got about a minute left. Do you have a winner for us at Balaclava, mate, tomorrow? Uh, Swanky tossed my best. All right then. How much did it cost? Uh he was expensive. He was two thousand dollars. <laughs> the son of Turek Toff. Hey mate, you're a bloody yeah, yeah. you're a bloody superstar. Um, yeah, you deserve a good horse. We've got a few big owners here on Giddy Up that listen to our show, and I'll tell you what, I'll I reckon they should send you a couple of horses, uh, yeah, maybe worth yeah, maybe yeah. five or ten thousand. We'll see how we go, but um, yeah, that, that that that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're a bloody you're a star, mate, and to do what you've been able to do with the stock that you've had um, is something. Is something else. So it was a great having a chat to you, mate, on the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. And um, I'm sure you'll be winning a Group 1 before we know it, mate. Oh, that'll be fantastic. <laughs> Good on you, Garrett. Thanks for that. Thanks. What a star, Thanks. Garrett Lynch. He lost his life a couple of years ago, um, riding at a rodeo. It was on an operating table, and the nurse said, you might die. So, um, yeah, good luck, basically. Woke up four days later. And now he's getting horses for $1,500, $1,500 and winning in town. He's the horse whisperer from South Australia. And what a yarn he is. We'll take the news and then we'll come back, of course, with a um, bag of tips on this Tuesday morning. Thanks to Was Equipment Rentals.